another one of my favorite people has agreed to come on the pod. Anna Alexopoulos Ferrar. Yes. Uh, Oh, did you hear that? Oh, you know what? Alexa thought I was talking about it for a second. Alexa, I don't need you right now. That's the beauty of this podcast. I've told people it's just going to be a little rough. You know, we're not. No, this is real. This is what we, this is working from home in the age of coronavirus. So it's all good. Thank you for coming on. Um, For those of you who don't know who Anna is, she's also um, an expectant mother. But what is your day job before the big day? What do you do um, outside? What, what is Introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, and I do appreciate this not being video because I don't <laughs> have makeup on, which is great. Um, I am, like Peter said, Anna Alexopoulos Farrar, and I am the Senior Public Affairs and Communications Director for Converge GPS, which is Global Public Strategies. Um, We manage a ton of different clients uh, for crisis communications, um, public affairs, and, you know, day-to-day communications. Um, I, I actually just started this job about a week and a half ago. So um, it, there's a lot of newness happening in my life right now, aside from coronavirus and, and having a baby in, in nine days. Fingers crossed, that's the due date. So, yes. But, um, you know, that's, that's, that's my day job. That's what I do on a day-to-day basis. And um, interestingly enough, it's just been very busy because, as you know, being in the media business, communication is incredibly important right now, um, especially when there's misinformation getting out there and you want people to make sure that they're adding value to the conversation and not adding to the noise. So um, it's actually been quite busy and and the new normal is, you know, certainly working from home and um, and that's that's been a blessing, but it's it's not uh, converge is not stopping working for clients just because we're we're in the coronavirus pandemic. You know, somebody told me somebody in Tallahassee who is um, like their office is kind of strategically located. They said that all the public affairs shops were open. You know that Ron Sachs was open. That Christina Johnson's um, on three PR was open. I know that Bascom Communications is open, and I forgot about it. They, it's their job, absolutely does not end right now. Especially if you do have corporate clients who are messaging with their, you know, if you wonder how those emails go out where the people say in and you, where they say the perfect words, and you're getting emails from everybody right now. It's like the restaurants are emailing the. Uh, uh, you know, associations, every small business is, is, is emailing to update its customers and its partners about what's going on. And that all comes from, at some level, the public affairs people that work with them. And so, no, you guys are like, you, you are probably more busy right now than you were even when it was busy during session. Yeah. I mean, that's, you hit the nail on the head, Peter. It's, it's been, um, quite interesting. And, and, you know, you brought up an interesting point. That's something that, um, if you scroll through your inbox right now, you're going to see every single email list you've ever signed up for sending right. you an email about their response. And 
Um, you know, the, some of it I think is probably a little, you know, do we really need to hear from certain brands on what they're doing? But some of it's, it, you know, completely valuable information that we need to know, especially with restaurants or healthcare uh, groups or, or city governments or county governments. Um, there's so many people that are impacted and information flow is, is key. And I think that this is the time where, where people in my field and your field too, um, we're, this is, this is our time to, to kind of be front and center and, and push our clients to do the things that they're supposed to be doing, uh, communicating the right message, breaking through the noise to make sure people understand and have the right and accurate information. Cause I think that's, that's important too. You know, there's so much misinformation flying around. Um, and, and if we can provide value to, to the general public during this time, I think that's, that's, that's the most important and key piece of this. It's, um, we're going to get through it. Like as, as I was really depressed last night, as I realized that we are going to go through, you know, something worse than a great recession, maybe I don't even want to say the D word, but when I woke up and I read the news that, you know, that we are, that Wuhan has no more cases, uh, except from people that had traveled to Wuhan, that there were, that, that the spread has ended there. Uh, many months later, um, we at least know that this ends. Um, and so there's, there is a flicker of hope with that. Yeah. And so the op- optimistic Anna wants to think that we are doing, you know, this is, this has been tough, right? You know, closing down beaches, uh, making restaurants close down and, and then you have restaurants trying to figure out ways to um, still earn a living and also providing value to their community. Or you have, you know, a, a whole whole host of different things, teachers being impacted, schools being impacted. But my, my optimistic side, which is sometimes few and far between, especially being in this industry, um, likes to think that if, if we do these things now, we can prevent, uh, you know, what's been happening in Italy and and Greece is now experiencing the same thing too, um, not taking it seriously. I think, you know, there's certainly, there's some, certainly, a, you know, differing opinions on, on response efforts, but, but I'd like to think that we're doing all these things now. So that way in 30, 60, 90 days, we don't have a bigger problem and we can start moving forward and figuring out how we adjust and the market adjusts and, um, you know, we focus back on, on, you know, making sure our economy is solid and people are back to work and all those things too. So, um, I, I feel you on that. I'd like to think that, um, I'd like to think that what we're doing now will help us down the road. Do you think, uh, for those who don't know you, um, you are, I mean, well, they heard the name you, um, <laughs> you yeah. are Greek. Um, you just you strike me as a kind of an old soul and just an all I've known you for about 10 years now but you're definitely just so respectful of the culture from which you came um is there are we is there a disconnect here uh with how our young people are taking care of our seniors in a way like I see all of these people out 
laughing and playing and rollerblading and so forth. And yet I see in Italy, which has such a, a, a such a large older population, they're they're just they know that what they do is it may not be them, but they may bring coronavirus to their um, to their relatives. Um, are we are we missing something here? Is there a is there a generational gap here? So I think you you've touched on an interesting point, right? Because a lot of the reasons why Italy and even Greece now are in this in the situation they're in um, is because of the lifestyle that a, a lot of people live over there. You know, they 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 have a, a different attitude, I think, towards situations, you know, oh, we've been through worse or, you know, we this is you have to enjoy life. And and there's certainly a different, I think, mentality um, especially with those two countries and, and, you know, my family, both my parents were born in Greece. So I, I say that confidently, but I, I think to your point is, you know, is there a, a lack of maybe a little bit more of a self-centered view of the universe? I think, I think that's, that would probably be fair to say. Um, amongst a lot of young people, you know, I, I I think that there needs to be some sort of respect and thought process of, of how we treat our, um, older generations, because at the end of the day, we'll be in those positions one day. And we would hope that our kids and our kids, friends and kids will, will treat it in a, in a different way as well. And I think there's certainly something to be said about that. You know, for me, my both my parents and you and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, I'm from Broward County originally. Yeah. And I'm born and raised, and it's been um, kind of this hotbed for a lot of the cases. And both my parents are what you would what we'd consider um, at risk. You know, my my dad's 76 with COPD, and and my mother is you know, in her late sixties and, and has her, um, some other health issues too. Um, they're fine. They're both healthy ish. Right. But if they got this, it would be, um, devastating for both of them. So, um, I'm incredibly worried about them and, and I, and I would hope that, um, younger people, especially those that are flocking now for spring break to, to different areas, um, that they see that and they understand that it's not just about, living in the exact moment of your life, but also how we treat others around us and how we move forward as a community, um, down the road. So I, I would, I would say it's a fair assessment. I don't know if it's possible to pivot. So I will just say segue and say, and ask you, how are you getting by? I know your circumstances are a little bit different. Do you, um, do you have any, I've been asking folks for, some specific recommendations on how they get by. And I'd love to hear what you have to offer. So um, obviously still working, still working from home, but um, we've, we've probably, you know, working different hours a little bit. So I'm up a little bit later and we tend to watch, we meet my husband and I, uh, Netflix every night anyway, but we're picking up. So one of the most interesting, and it's not new, but it's new to, to me, it's a Nat Geo um, docu-series called Drugs, Inc. Okay. Incredibly, incredibly interesting. It kind of goes, you know, follows the, you know, different drug issues and, in, in communities and looks at it from almost like a, like the, how, how the drug dealers look at it from a business perspective. It's, it's very, very intriguing. 
Um, but there's some interesting, interesting, you know, characters and interesting storylines there. So I would recommend watching that if you haven't. Um, and let's see books. Unfortunately, right now, not unfortunately, I'm I'm in the middle or finishing up bringing up Bebe because I am having <laughs> I am having a baby. But um, you know, I think this is if you are at home and and you are um, you know taking time to to kind of decompress or taking time off or or you're not needed during this crisis at your job, um, I would say you know pick up something fun. Um, you know, I, it's, it's easy, you know, I, these types of questions, everyone always wants to seem really smart and say like, I like to read this, you know, 1776 and I read the Alexander Hamilton book and those are all great. And I think you should definitely read all of those and I've read them, but I think, um, there's so much heaviness right now. Pick up a fun book, pick up a mystery, pick up something that's going to entertain you in a different way. Um, we have a lot of heaviness in the world and I think there's something to be said about some lightheartedness right now in, in your own sphere. Um, and then aside from that, you know, I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan, so I just rewatch that series constantly. So okay. If, yeah. Like Michelle. Yes. <laughs> so if you are, uh, found, you know, if you're at home working and you need some noise in the background and, and you like the show, I would recommend rewatching it again and again. So. Well, it's nice to have a, a little lightheartedness. This has been such an interesting mix of pods because we'll have one moment, we'll have Jane Castor on, uh, and she'll be, you know, super serious. She's the mayor of a large city. Yeah. Uh, and Michael Waltz, who, you know, knows, uh, you know, he's uh, on, you know, he's in Congress and gets briefings. Um, but then I need people on here just to give, you know, some Gilmore Girl action to <laughs> remind people that, listen, you got to turn off the news even at some point. Like you got, you got a, the mental health right now, like is just so exquisitely important. Um, thank you for reminding us of that. I hope we talk to you again. Good luck on the baby next week uh, or late next week or, um, and we will, um, what do you say? Like, so the, the, what's the equivalent of Mazel Tov in, in, in Greek for when there's a baby? Okay, so there's a couple, um, you know, you, you would just say mostly like a congratulations, but there's, and so I actually learned two phrases. Okay. I, I learned two phrases during this process that I had never known. And so um, everyone would wish me meena um, pono, which means with one pain. So like basically, <laughs> like, it's <laughs> Um, you know, saying that like, you know, you, you want it to be fast and quick and as, as, uh, quick as possible. Um, so that's, that's an interesting one that I've, that everyone, all the Greek ladies in my community and all my Greek aunts and uncles have, have said once, um, and I didn't, I, I didn't know that was a thing, obviously, since I'm, I'm the first one in my family to, to have a baby. So, um, that one is, is an interesting one. Um, and you know, you, you would just say like a, a heartfelt, like, you know, congratulations or, you know, I don't even know what you would say when you have a baby. I mean, that's a good question. I need to probably ask. I that. need to find it out for you so I can, you know, you come in and say, you know, whatever the equivalent is. Well, now we have a mission. We will circle back. And next time we talk, you and I will, will, will have an answer to that. Yes. Thank you so much, Peter. I appreciate it. Best to you. Thanks. Bye.